0: Hey, friends, welcome back to the Pulpit the Pew podcast. In this week's Adult Bible Studies, so we continue our journey through the book of Romans. We're in the second to last study, Romans chapter 15 today. Paul finishes up his thought from chapter 14, dealing with the weak and the strong. Then he gets into some of his travel plans. And so we're going to look at that today. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe at o r g. And without further ado, here's this week's study let's take our bibles and go to romans 15 romans 15 last two weeks of our study we we are in the section dealing with service we've talked about throughout since we got to this section next week i'll probably do a recap of the entire book again and uh and we'll kind of wrap things up but we've been under this the subject of service. We're seeing how our righteousness is demonstrated to others. And we've seen it starting this this kind of section started in chapter twelve. We first start with ourselves. If we're going to serve, we've got to be yielded to God. And he says that we're to present our bodies a living sacrifice. That starts this section really in chapter twelve. We're presenting our bodies. But then we talked about how we are to serve within the local church. We're to use our gifts. God has gifted each one of us and used the gifts that God has given us. The gifts are not to bring for our own glory. It's not to talk about ourselves. It's not a gift that we're like, look at me, I'm like superhuman and I can do this for this church. No, our gifts are to glorify God and to use them to edify other believers. So edify other believers, glorify God. That's the idea. It's not to promote ourselves. So uh, our service starts with ourselves, relation to the church, relation to society. How do we treat others? We prefer one another. That's the one that talked about not trying to get revenge and being kind to others. And then in relation to our government, we are to yield to our government. As long as our government is not telling us to go against the word of God, we're to honor the laws of our society um, and exercise our rights that we have, rights to vote and things like that. But in relation to government, and then in relation to other believers is what we've been talking about, and we've been talking about the we talked about the weaker and the stronger. You know, the weaker believer that was the one that was that was uh, was offended or sensitive to the idea of eating meat because those that meat had been offered to idols, and so they were concerned about eating the meat. And then the stronger, in the sense they understood their liberty, they understood they could eat that meat. But the, the what he had talked about last week is even though you may be strong don't be a stumbling block to the weak and we talked about some of that in chapter 14 now as we get to chapter 15 he's going to finish up that thought i don't know that the chapter heading is in the right spot and before you think i'm a heretic for saying that the chapter headings were added by us they were not inspired so the number 15 you see right there is not inspired i'm still stepping on something over here i have no i probably got fishing line around from fishing this weekend i don't know but But so the chapter 15, he goes from verse 23 of chapter 14 right into chapter 15, and you're going to hear familiar language. Notice what he says. He says, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let's continue and just read a few more. Verse 2 says, let every one of us please his neighbor, for the good to edifications, what I just said in our recap—that we're to edify others we'll come back to that. Verse three, he says. Actually, just stop verse two. So let's just leave this first two for a second. In the first two, he's saying the strong we are to assist the weak in their weakness. Now we're not to go around saying, "Hey, you realize you don't have to do that anymore? Do you realize you don't, you can eat meat? It'd be throwing meat at them because that would be the stumbling block we talked about last week." But there are some times when those that are uh, strong in their faith are to assist the weak. Now, this is a very sensitive, not sensitive subject. Maybe that's not the right word. But this seems like the people that need this are clueless. You know what I mean? So they go around thinking it's their mission to help other people. And they're really the wrong people to be helping other people right now. And so some people are very bad in their timing. They just, you know, they just come up to people. Oh, let me tell you to do this or help you do this. And I'm like, buddy, the time's not right. The place isn't right. Your position isn't right. Just walk away. But so we do need to be mindful of this. And we need this just comes to the answer to everything. If I had to give a simple answer to a lot of things, it's just walk in the spirit. But people look at walking in spirit a little bit different. When you walk in the spirit, you're sensitive to is God leading me to really say something to this person? And then as I'm yielded to the Spirit, he's probably leading me to how to say it. And it's probably going to want to come across a lot more kind than some others. But but we are, according to this, he says, the strong ought to bear, that's a term of care, to bear, to help with the infirmities of the weak, and not just to please ourselves. So the the first set, the idea is this. Our liberty that we have as the strong, your liberty is not to please yourself. You don't say, well, I have liberty to do this, so I'm doing it because it pleases me. No, you, you're getting all this wrong. Liberty is never to please ourselves. Liberty is to be used to glorify God. He says right there, do not not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for the good to edification. Edification means to build up. So everyone, is, we are to try to use the liberties this, that God has given us to build up somebody else. And in a society that... And I can find myself in this group as well that we kind of want to pull back from people just because we're getting pretty crazy in our society. We still have the responsibility to build others up. We have that responsibility to encourage others. And so he says, verse 2, Let every one of us please his neighbor for the good of edification. Pleasing does not mean giving to a sin. It just means that, hey, we want, to, we want to try to help you out. But verse 3 says, For even Christ pleased not himself. Here's our illustration. Christ, who's everything, who's our Messiah, who's God. He didn't please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell off me. For whatsoever things were written. This is a great verse, by the way. This is, verse 4 is one of those verses put in the back of your mind if someone says the Old Testament doesn't matter anymore. And you're going to have those people that say that. If someone comes to you and says, well, the Old Testament doesn't matter anymore, think Romans 15.4. Just have that in your mind. But look at this verse. Paul's writing this, so he doesn't have the books of the Bible to be referencing. It's being written. So he's referencing the Old Testament. Here's what he says. For whatsoever things were written aforetime, what we now call the Old Testament, were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures. What's he talking about? The Old Testament. Might have hope. So Paul's a New Testament guy saying the Scriptures that we have are written for our hope. They're written for our comfort. And so the, this is a verse I always go to when I get to talk to those people say, oh, the Old Testament doesn't matter anymore. I'm like, well, it seemed to matter to Paul, and he was one of the best Christians I've ever read about. He says that those Scriptures that, they, that he had... The word to give comfort and hope. And that's what's so important about the word of God, and I emphasize it quite a bit in most churches, if they do try to emphasize it, is that the word of God, it's important for us to have a daily routine in the Bible. Routine can be a scary word, but it is important to be daily in the word of God. It's not just a Sunday thing that we get. Sunday morning, I get a fix to the Bible, and that's going to last me. If that's the case, try it with your physical food. Only eat Sunday morning, and then don't eat the rest of the week. You're going to feel miserable by Saturday night. And you're going to be cranky too. I'm not going to want to be around you. Come I go two hours and I'm getting a little grumpy. But you're going to be miserable to live with. But that's how a lot of Christians are. They come Sunday. They get their shot in the arm for one hour. And then they go all week without any time in the Word of God. Without any time in prayer. And wonder why they're grumpy Christians all the time. Why they're struggling. Because the Word of God is given for our... The Scriptures are for our learning... For patience for comfort and to give us hope and so we need to be into the word of god and he gets, he says in verse five now the god of patience and consolation grants you to be like-minded one toward another according to christ jesus now he had been in the midst of that when he stopped to say something about the scriptures he was in the midst of giving us an example of jesus he said he started those first two verses saying hey you need to not please yourself but edify other people just like jesus did because jesus was the supreme example of ministering to other people he sacrificed himself he was impartial he was receiving of others we're going to get into some more of these verses and so he tells us to be like-minded to jesus christ we're to have patience towards others we're to be kind towards others consolation He goes on in verse six, is that you may with one mind, it's unity, that's our theme this year, remember, together, with one mind and one mouth, glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're not glorifying ourselves, we're glorifying God with our lives. And that's ultimately what Jesus did. Jesus even said, he must increase and I must decrease. That was his life when he was on this earth. And we're to follow that example. Verse seven says, wherefore receive ye one another, similar language to chapter 14, as Christ also received us to the glory of God, now I say that Jesus Christ was was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the Father. He ministered to these Jews, confirming the promises that the Jews had, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy. As it is written, "For this cause I will confess to thee among confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name." And again, he saith, rejoice, ye Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and and laud him, all ye people. And again, Isaiah, that's Isaiah, saith, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. In him shall shall the Gentiles trust, which you and I right now are Gentiles sitting in this room reading this text, a recipient of this promise that's been given. Verse 13, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. So we've been talking about Jesus in this example, Um we're to please the Christian brother to build him up. I'm trying to see if I, cause I don't even look at my notes most of the time. So I want to make sure I'm covering everything I'm supposed to be saying here. But you notice in those two passages, he's talking to the Gentiles and the Jews, that this whole book of Romans has been to those because the church of Rome was made up of a lot of Jewish believers and a lot of Gentile believers. And he's been saying all the way back to chapter one, which we'll review next week, but remember in chapter one, he said, you Gentiles are sinners. Then in chapter two, remember, you Jews, you're sinners. So he's been referencing these two points the whole time. But now in chapter 15, it all comes together and he says, listen, everybody rejoice." because of jesus christ you're all one family build each other up stronger ones don't be hurting the weaker weaker don't be judging the 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 strong just everybody together edify one another be like-minded one to another comfort one another get in the scriptures this is kind of he's summarizing everything that he's been writing in this letter and he says guys we we've got to come together under this theme of jesus christ I think it's important to learn for all of us. We can, in a church setting, our theme this year has been together uh, by His Spirit. and unity, He told us to be of one mind. In a church setting, especially our church, on Sunday morning, we're going to have you know close to 175 to 200 people. Sunday night, you're going to go down about 100. Wednesday night, you're going to go down about 6. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, you, just, you start to dwindle down there. Now, a lot of our people are over here working. But it starts to dwindle down a little bit. But you're going to have, even if you had six people, you're going to have six different thoughts on different things. And we've got to learn and we've got to continue to be of the mindset that I'm going to walk in the Spirit, and I'm going to edify others. I'm going to, I'm going to encourage others. I'm going to not try to despise one that may be below me, and I'm not going to try to judge one that may be above me. I'm going to walk with God. And I've got to answer to God. That's what he said last week. I'm going to stand before Christ. So I'll answer for my family and for who I am. That doesn't mean I have a mindset that nobody can tell me what to do. Because remember what he said in verse 1? The strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. So I need to be willing to listen. Understanding, though, that I've got to make a decision for my family. So so I may have a position on one thing, and that may adjust from time to time as I learn, as I grow, as I heed to counsel. But I've got to, we've got to be of one mind together, unified as a body. That's what he was trying to say to the Jews and Gentiles. Now, we're all of one church. We're all Gentiles for the most part. I don't think we have any Jews in our church that I know of. If we do, that'd be pretty cool to pick their brain. But, um, but I think of, of a mindset, we're all Gentiles. So that isn't our issue today like it was for the church of Rome. But we have a lot of opinions in our church, don't we? We got a lot of opinions in our church. So, we got some differences. Jim, you don't have any opinions, I know. But Cindy tells you what your opinion is. No, I'm just kidding. So, we've got them. We have to be, though, of one mindset. So, here we go. Verse 14, he's going to start wrapping some things up here. And he's going to, get, he's going to kind of start telling them his plans. After all this doctrine that he's been giving about faith and, and all of this and service, now he's going to start saying, this is where, if I was to have the final thing, remember we've had sin and salvation and sanctification, all my S's have been perfect. Not my S's, are from my college outline course. But all these S's have been perfect. Then at the end we get conclusion which I think your wife told me of one that I should have at the beginning, but I don't remember what our send off. I think she said, call it send off. But at the end, we start the conclusion in our sub in our headings in verse 14. And he's just wrapping some things up and we won't get all the way through this today, but we'll try to wrap up this text. He says, and I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge Able also to admonish one another. he's kind of encouraging them a little bit here. I picture Paul, I don't know how you picture Paul when you're reading. I picture him a pretty straightforward guy. I mean, the guy's been beaten, shipwrecked. I mean, he's been stoned. I mean, he's had a lot happen to him. But, so I picture him a little bit rugged, but he's encouraging these people. He says, hey, I'm, I'm persuaded of you, my brother. I see this in you. You're full of goodness and knowledge and all this. But he he goes on to say, nevertheless brethren i have written the more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of god he said i have been a little bit bold with you because of what god is the grace of god has shown me that i should be a minister of jesus christ to the gentiles ministering the gospel of god that the offering up of the gentiles might be acceptable being sanctified by the holy ghost i want to stop here my notes go all the way down to verse 24 where i should be reading and i won't get there but but he was an ambassador for these Gentiles. You got to remember, like if you go back to Acts chapter fifteen. Acts chapter fifteen, they were trying to kick these Gentiles out, basically. In Acts fifteen, they were standing up saying James is the pastor of that early church, the first church, and they were struggling because the people like Peter, a few of the others, and Peter came around, but they were like, "Man, I don't know about these Gentiles. Should we let them in?" Peter actually was an ambassador, became an ambassador for the Gentiles because of the vision God gave him in Acts chapter number twelve of the. The food, the unclean food coming down and everything. And so he started to see, even though it was tough for him. And he went back on it some in Galatians, and Paul had to rebuke him. But Paul is saying, hey, God has shown me something that these Gentiles are to be received, and I've and I've been standing up for them. That's what he's been saying here. He said, I've received grace. My ministry has been centered on the gospel. My ministry, I haven't got to verse 17 yet, but he says, has been centered on bringing glory to God. The ministry has been done by the power of God. We're going to see in a minute. And he said, I've been doing this according to God's plan. And so he's trying to, in a sense, give us credentials. Look at verse 17. He says, I have therefore whereof I may glory through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of anything of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by Word indeed, he says, I'm not going to just make something up for these Gentiles. I'm only speaking what Christ has told me concerning these Gentiles, which is just wise. If you ever teach a class, <laughs> don't make something up and teach your opinion. Just teach the Bible. That's the important thing. Is what does God's word say? And so we're reading down through God's word. He says in verse 19, through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that so that from Jerusalem and round about to uh I should practice that word. I, I, C, I is what we're going to call it right now. I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Notice that was what his passion was. His passion was the gospel. His passion wasn't these areas we talked about last week, these gray areas that were going to cause the stumble. His passion was the gospel. He wanted the gospel to be clearly preached. And that needs to be our passion today. What is going to change our country today? What's going to change our country is not going to be the next president. It's not going to, he's going to, he or she may help with some things economically or may hurt with a lot of things economically. I don't know. But the only thing that's going to bring true hope to our country is the gospel. And we need to be men and women who carry and and not ashamed of the gospel, which is where we started this study in Romans, when Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And now he's ending by saying, my ministry has been preaching. The gospel. And he's done it. He said, in the power of the Spirit. Many mighty wonders. He's seen some many pretty amazing things through the power of the Holy Spirit preaching the gospel. That same Holy Spirit that abides in every one of you that I'm looking at. If you're saved, the Spirit of God abides in you and He can help you to share the gospel. You may think, I'm an introvert, I can't share the gospel. You can in the power of the Holy Spirit. You may say, Well, I don't know my Bible real well. Well, one, get to know it, but number two, you can get to know it and learn it and share it in the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit kills all of our excuses. Walking in the Spirit and growing in the Scriptures. And so he says, he says, yeah, I have." so, verse 20, I have strived to preach the gospel not where Christ was named. He's tried to go to, this is a good missions verse, but he's tried to go places where the gospel hadn't been taken. He says, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. He says, I wasn't trying to build on someone else's foundation. Nothing wrong with that, by the way. Missionaries do that. Missionaries are going to go, to go to Wales, and I know three missionaries that are in Wales. Nothing wrong with that. But he said, "I'm I, his ministry has been trying to go to places where the gospel has not been. He says, verse 21, But as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see, and they have not heard, shall understand, for which cause also I have been much hindered, from coming to you he says i you know i've, I've been slowed down and trying to get to you guys because i've been preaching the gospel to these different places he wanted to get to rome and he'd eventually get there as a prisoner but um verse 23 we're going to see a little bit of that he says but now having no more place in these parts and having a great desire these many years to come unto you whensoever i take my journey into spain i will come to you for i trust to see you in my journey and to be brought on my way thitherward by you if first I be somewhat filled filled with your company but now I go to Jerusalem to minister unto the saints for it hath pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia this is interesting we'll kind of come back to this for he says it's pleased them in Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem they wanted to give an offering things that we talk about today but there were some people in macedonia and that wanted to in greece they took up this offering for the poor saints in jerusalem now today we could just add that all to a paypal account or ship it or put it on a check and send it they didn't have a way of doing that paul was a missionary that was traveling all around and so the people of macedonia and greece said hey we've taken up this offering will you you're going to jerusalem will you take this offering to jerusalem for us these people were giving, by the way, these were Gentiles. These weren't the Jews. So Paul is saying, and, and this is not one too. The Gentiles were giving an offering. Did you see where he was taking it? To Jerusalem, to the Jews. So the ones that were, that sometimes were getting picked on by the Jews, were sending an offering to the church at Jerusalem, to the Jews. Now, there were some Gentiles there, but it's just an interesting thought that they were willing to give of something for this church there and to help the poor saints there and so this church they had taken up this offering they wanted to send it through Paul he's going to go to Jerusalem what Paul didn't know you can read in Acts 21 22 and 23 Paul was going to go there and get arrested and so it wasn't going to go as he planned all of this that he's writing right here wasn't going to go as planned it's a great lesson for us life doesn't always go as you plan Sometimes God puts you through these different things. So Paul's just thinking, hey, I'll swing down to Jerusalem, give this offering, preach a little bit, then I'll come up over to see you. It's gonna go to Spain, gonna go to Rome. No, you're not yet, Paul. You're gonna get arrested. Why would God allow him to get arrested? Well, if you read Acts and in there, but God had some people that he that needed the gospel, and he got to share the gospel with more people. God's plan, Paul's plan is not always God's plan. Brad's plan is not always God's plan. God wants to work in different ways. And so he said um, in verse 27 now, it says, it hath pleased them verily and and their debtors they are. For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, he says they're so excited, they've received now the spiritual things. Their duty is also to minister into them in the carnal things. Now, carnal, we usually use that in a negative sense, but it just means flesh. They, they've received so much spiritually, now they want to give back something that's physical, something you can hold. And isn't that when we give back to God, when we always say this offering is to give back to the Lord, what we're doing is giving a physical token of something because of how God has just blessed us spiritually, and who God is. We're giving back to Him because of what He's done for us. And that giving can be done in many ways. Giving obviously is given in, in financially, but there are some people that serve behind the scenes and they don't ever get recognized. Why do they do it? They give of their service because of all that God has done, not because they're ever going to be named on a public thing. Because they just give back. You know, when God moves in your heart and you're touched by God, it moves you to do something. Sometimes it's through a giving. Sometimes it's other ways. And that's those spiritual gifts, by the way, that we talked about in chapter 12. Those spiritual gifts come because of what Christ has done in you. The Spirit of God lives in you, and you're just excited about Him. You know what? Here's, you know, I can always tell. When I don't want to use my spiritual gifts, whatever, like, when I, when I don't want to serve God, you know what's usually their cause? I'm just kind of in my flesh. And I'm just kind of that grumpy Christian. And if I were to trace it real back. Or let maybe my wife trace it back and say, "All right, Brad, let me look at your schedule for this last week." Not that she would do this. Yeah, Brad, how much time have you been spending with God? Yeah, not, maybe not what I should be. All right. How much time have you been praying? Well, there was a great radio station, and I was driving and listened to that and instead of praying. And all oh, I can start, I can usually track my bad attitude, and I could, and, and my lack of wanting to serve God and give back. To that, But Paul said these people were moved by the spiritualness they've received, the, the blessings that they've received from Christ. And now they're wanting to give back to them. One of the ways that they saw, I can give back in a financial way. And they were. He said in verse 28, When therefore I have performed this, when I've done this and taken this offering, and have sealed to them this fruit. Man, that's another great phrase. I will, co- I will come by you into Spain. Do you know what he means? What, what, he, oh, Brad, this, sometimes I'm like, I, need, I could take 10 minutes on this one point and I'm not going to, but look at what he said. When I have sealed to them this fruit. What's he talking about? Is he talking about apples and bananas here? No. So is he, is he taking this food for the poor saints to get them fruit like apples and bananas? No. Paul already knew that the offering they were given was going to result in fruit or an outcome for God on this side in Jerusalem. He said, you're going to get a reward for the fruit that you're going to bear. I'm going to take this and God's going to bless you. There's going to be a result of this just because I know God is working in this. And this is the same thing. When you give your offering to missions, there's going to be fruit there. We don't know what it's going to be and you may never see it. But that, that, that offering, that money's going to go to Honduras, that money's going to go to Wales, that money's going to go to different places. And there will be fruit and there will be rewards on your account that you never know about because God honors giving by faith. God does. He honors when we give towards others. And so he says, there's going to be some fruit sealed to them. He said, I'll come to you by Spain. And I am sure that when I have come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Now I beseech you, brother, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake, for the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. It's a neat request. He's just asking him to pray for him. That I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea, and that my service, which I have for Jerusalem, may be accepted of the saints. That I may come unto you with joy by the will of God, and may be with you refreshed. Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. So that's what Paul desired. It's not what Paul got. It's what Paul asked for prayer. But Paul was going to get to Jerusalem. They were going to, He was going to get arrested. And he was going to eventually come to Rome, but he was going to come to Rome as a prisoner. He wasn't going to come as this missionary and he was going to come by way of being in prison he was going to be imprisoned for 2 years on house arrest there and then he was going to be released for some time and then he was going to be imprisoned again and he was going to have his head chopped off there in Rome he didn't know all of this when he was writing this but he was just faithful servant of god and in this chapter we just see his final plans but we see that he's just trying to continue to bring This church together, which has been our theme this year, together by his faith. And so I hope that as we kind of look at this, as it just kind of carried over from the strong and the weak, uh, last week, that we look at ourselves and say, hey, number one, have I been in the Scriptures? Because he said in verse 4, the Scriptures are important. Have I been in the Scriptures? Number two, what is my relationship to other Christians? Am I standoffish? Am I trying to encourage and edify? Am I constantly rebuking, constantly criticizing, constantly talking about what is my relationship to the other believers in the church? how am i serving here and then we talk about giving because they gave to help others from what moved them what are we doing there so it's this next two chapters the end of chapter 15 chapter 16 are kind of just him formalities that he's saying to them but there's some little little cues we can pick up as we're reading in there so let's pray then we'll get we'll get going to our service let's pray